This is Trek FM. Telling frequencies open. This is your Trek FM Hyper Channel for Saturday, June twenty eighth, twenty fourteen. I'm Christopher Jones, and I have one story for you today. Orsi teases Star Trek twenty sixteen characters and story. If you're wondering what Roberto Orsi has in store for the next Star Trek, we know a tad bit more today than we did a week ago. Orsi appeared on the Nerdist podcast Humans from Earth and teased a few points about the possible direction of the film. In the interview, he talks about embarking on the long-promised five-year mission, who the potential villain could be, how much secrecy will surround his set, and whether or not there will be a gay character in the story. Now, the interview runs about an hour, and Trek Movie pulled out some key quotes, and I would like to go over a few of those things that Orsi said and share my thoughts on them. Now, you'll notice in my little intro there that I, I called it the long-promised five-year mission. And the reason I say that is I don't know if you read the comics, but in the IDW ongoing comic series, which is excellent, by the way, you really should read it. It's actually better than the films when, when you want to see what's happening in the Abrams verse. They've been promising the start of the five-year mission for quite a long time, and it just keeps stalling out and stalling out. And eventually, I guess we'll really get on with it, but I don't know when. And now I'm starting to wonder if they're stalling because of the storyline for the next movie. Now, Roberto Orsi actually oversees the IDW Star Trek ongoing comics. They're written by Michael Johnson, but Orsi oversees it. So it's possible. I've been seeing a lot of tweets the past couple of days about this interview and, you know, every news outlet, whether it's mainstream media or whether it's an individual blogger, everyone wants to talk about this because everyone wants to know what's going to happen in the next film. The headlines I'm seeing are really, to me, very misleading. They say things like, Star Trek Three to be the closest to the original series, or Star Trek 3 to hold true to the original Star Trek. And I don't necessarily think that that's what Orsi has said. He said that in Into Darkness, they set out finally where the original series started. The first two films, especially the 2009 Star Trek, was an origin story. It was about them coming together. So they weren't the characters they were in the original series. They were growing into them. And that continues on in the second movie. So in this movie, they are closer than they are to the original series characters than you have ever seen. They have set off on their five-year mission, so their adventure is going to be in deep space. I think that last part there is what most people are picking up on when they write these headlines. But of course, I mean, it's obvious that the first film especially was an origin story, And the second film helped us move, especially move Kirk away from being that academy, I'm going to call him a frat boy, basically, at the academy, and being the captain that we know in the original series, because he needs to mature a lot. You know, the the Kirk in the Abrams verse is starting out almost a decade younger than the Kirk that we knew in the original series. So they have to get him there. Orsi is saying here that they finally set off on their five-year mission. But of course, Kirk is going to be 
younger, I mean, unless they're doing a big jump in time, which I really doubt is what they're doing, Kirk is going to be a lot younger still on that five-year mission than he is in the prime timeline. And naturally, their adventure is going to be in deep space if they're on the five-year mission. This doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to hold true to the original series, though. They could tell another another story that's summer action blockbuster space movie that doesn't feel like Star Trek. Now, I don't know if that's what they're going to do. Like I said, the comics have actually been a lot better than the first two Abramsverse films. So it's one reason why I'm optimistic that Roberto Orsi is going to give us something good in this movie. I feel like Roberto Orsi knows his Star Trek, appreciates Star Trek's history, and loves Star Trek more so than J.J. Abrams. So I have high hopes that what people are reading into these comments is true, and that Orsi is going to give us something that will sit a little bit better with those of us who grew up with the original series. About the villain, he teased just a little bit. He said, the Horda is actually the villain in the next one. No, they are in deep space now, so let's see what's out there. The Horda is funny to me because this is something that we joked about on the Ready Room here on the network for a long time as Star Trek Into Darkness was being developed, long before we knew what the name of the film was or really anything about it. We were speculating on who might be the villain, and we had a whole joke story about it being the Horda. We had a lot of other joke stories as well. So that would be interesting, but no, I don't think it's going to be the Horda here. Also, one fan asserted that with the new Star Trek films, you have to go back to the Romulans or the Klingons, to which Orsi countered, but wait, why do you have to go back to them? And then he went on and he said, because this is an alternate universe, I think we can choose. I don't feel the pressure to revisit anyone or not. We are lucky that way, but we have the ability to cherry-pick what has come before. It will depend on what serves the story best. And, you know, that's good to hear. He says that his favorite Star Trek aliens are the Gorn, Tribbles, Romulans, and Vulcans. Now, I would love to see a movie where the Tribbles are the actual villain. <laughs> that would be funny to see. You know, I don't know. I, I don't know what they would do here. I mean, I could see them, like... If you want to pick one of these races, but you don't want to do Romulans or Klingons, how about the Orions? That would be very interesting. It fits into the TOS time period, but it's something that wasn't really covered, and so you wouldn't be rehashing anything. For me, really, the key is is don't rehash. You know, I I totally disagree with the fan who said that you have to go back to the Romulans or the Klingons. I don't think you need to do that at all. I saw a tweet yesterday and someone said that they need to either do the Klingons or the Borg. Now, if they do the Borg, I mean, if you think they've been catching grief for what they've been doing so far, can you imagine if they do the Borg in the 23rd century? Fans would would freak. You could do it, and I think you could legitimize it because, as Orsi just said, it's an alternate universe, so... Why not? I mean, the the Borg were around in the 23rd century, of course. We even saw them in the 22nd century. Of course, that was thanks in part to a time loop caused by the movie First Contact, but we saw them on Enterprise in Regeneration in the 22nd century. But clearly, the collective is out there somewhere, 
So you could do it, but I don't want to see that. I really, really, I don't want to see Borg. I don't want to see Q, which they're doing in the comics right now, in the next film. Give us something really original. Now, another big question that's been floating around, and I've talked about it here on the show previously as well, is will there be a gay character in the movie? Orsi says, I would like to see that. And then he goes on to say, it can be part of a character and not be the whole shebang. It doesn't have to be like South Park, like, what have we learned today? It can be so normalized that it just exists. I agree it can't be shoehorned in. And it is not necessary for it to be the whole point of the thing. It is an ensemble, and there are lots of people to represent, so no one point of view should hog it. And I completely agree with Orsi on this. The thing is, I would be happy to see a gay character in the film, because I think that Star Trek needs to be inclusive of society. And it just feels like this person should be there. But exactly what Orsi said here, it can be so normalized that it just exists. The problem I have with the discussion all the time is that the way the topic is discussed separates it by nature, by definition, to make it like here's something really special. And when you do that, you're almost defeating what you're trying to achieve, which is to say, this is a normal part of life and society, and we should represent that. We shouldn't We shouldn't have to make it a big issue. Uh, it's like David R. George III did in One Constant Star, the Lost Era novel recently, where he made Demora Sulu bisexual. But he didn't talk about it throughout the whole story. There's just one line in the book. I mean, there are a couple of lines where it references it, but Demora is thinking about a woman in engineering who she has been in a relationship with. But it's just mentioned as like part of her thoughts and what she's coping with on the mission. But it doesn't have anything to do with the story and it's not played up at any point. It's mentioned like one other time. It's just who she is. So it's just normalized part of the crew. So I I have a reason I'm talking about this is that I have a feeling that this is going to be a big topic over the next year. It's going to get talked about a lot in the media, I think. And especially if we find out that there is such a character in the movie, it's going to get all kinds of attention and it's probably going to be blown out of proportion. And in my eyes, will kind of defeat the purpose of of having the character in the film in the first place. But it's a, it's a tough issue, right? When you want to talk about equality and you want to draw attention to inequalities, you want to make them equalities. But by drawing attention to them, you're already making a bigger deal out of them than they probably should be, which is probably what I'm doing right now by spending five minutes talking about this. But that's what Orsi had to say about it anyway when he was asked. One last thing here, Orsi was asked if Shatner or other TOS cast members would appear in the film. And he said that it's possible, whatever serves the story, that's my version of no comment. My personal feeling I don't want to see that, please. No cameos. I really appreciated Leonard Nimoy's cameo in 2009. I thought it made sense within the story because of how the universes got crossed in the first place. I hated Nimoy's appearance in Into Darkness. 
I love Leonard Nimoy. I felt that his appearance in Into Darkness didn't serve the plot. It actually hurt the movie because why should Spock be able to talk to Spock from the other timeline to find out about Khan? You know, deal with it yourself. (laughs) That's how I felt. So anyway, I don't want to see cameos personally, but I'd like to know what you think. I mean, do you want to see cameos? Do you want to see Leonard Nimoy in the next film? Do you want to see William Shatner? Do you want to see George Takei or Walter Koenig or Nichelle Nichols? I think that's everyone who's still surviving from the original cast, right? Do you want to see these people in the film? I don't know. I want to see these people, but I don't want to feel like they're being carted in you know, for some kind of um, a gimmick for the film, for the story. So let me know. And let me know what you think about these teasers. And I'm doing air quotes here because we're really not learning much of anything that we couldn't have guessed on our own from Roberto Orsi about the next film. If you'd like to listen to this entire podcast, it's over on Nerdist. I'll put a link in the show notes where you can find it. You can also go over to trekmovie.com. If you'd like to read their rundown, I just pulled out a couple of things. They pulled out a number of other quotes from that interview for you as well. Now, I have a network update to close out the show for you today. It's Saturday, and that means continuing mission, our look at fan films. And this week, I'm joined by Michael L. King, who is the creator of Starship Valiant. Starship Valiant is set in the TOS time period, and it's the personal story of one man dealing with death and turmoil after events led him to assume command of the USS Valiant. Michael also plays the story's lead, Commander Jackson K. Bishop, and Valiant goes where great Star Trek should. It goes into the souls of its characters. So if you want to find out more about this film, which they just premiered at SoonerCon, actually, this weekend, you can tune into that episode of Continuing Mission. And you'll find that in your feeds right now if you subscribe to the individual feed for Continuing Mission or to the Trek of Film Complete Master Feed. You'll find it everywhere you get your podcasts, and you can also stream it from our website, and you can grab an RSS link there as well. Well, that's our look at the news for today. If you're streaming the show from our website, remember that you can have HyperChannel delivered directly to your smartphone or your tablet or your desktop by subscribing to the HyperChannel show feed or to the Trekka Film Complete Master Feed, which contains every episode of every show we do and some special audio content as well that you can only get there. Now, I would love to chat with you about Roberto Orsi's take on Star Trek and, and what you think about what he said and what could be coming up. You can find me on Twitter. My username is C Brian Jones. That's the letter C and Brian with a Y. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash trekfm. I have my own website as well, cbrianjones.com. And then you can find us on Twitter. The network username is trekfm, facebook.com slash trekfm on Google Plus. If you search communities for trek.fm, you'll find the network there. We also have forums at trek.fm slash forums, and we have a new forums platform, in fact, and I'd love for you to come over there and join in the conversation. There's also a form at trek.fm slash contact that will let you send me your thoughts by email, and you can even send me a voicemail through the website. Just look in the left sidebar, and you'll see that. I'd also like to remind you about our reviews promotion. Anytime you review a Trek film show on iTunes or Stitcher between now and July 31st, you'll be entered into a drawing for some great prizes, including Star Trek on Blu-ray, 
or DVD, Star Trek novels, official Starship collection ship, and other things. So uh, be sure to leave us a review in iTunes and or on Stitcher. You can review as many shows as you like. Each one will get you an entry. And after you do that, go to trek.fm slash review and complete the form there to enter the drawing. Well, thanks for listening today, everyone. I hope you're having a great weekend, and I'll be back tomorrow with some more stories for you. Until then, go watch some Trek. <laughs>